Welcome to the Getting Soul Fit Podcast. I am your host, Melissa Page, addict, alcoholic, turned sober and free, mental health advocate, guest speaker, fitness cover model, trauma-informed life coach, intuitive empath, lover of laughter, donuts, authenticity, and addicted to growth. Each episode, I will host a special guest or topic that will help empower you to conquer any and all obstacles and fears to rise. This show is your one-stop shop for raw truth and unapologetic growth. Welcome back to season two of the podcast. And you guys, I could not think of a better way to start the season with a relationship and dating expert. And today I am very excited to introduce Angela Lockhart, love, sex, and relationship coach specializing in masculine and feminine dynamics. So a couple years ago, I had the pleasure of working with Angela as a result of a crappy date that I was on that she happened to witness. I was on a date that was not really paying attention to what I was saying. He kept interrupting me and on the way out the door of the restaurant, and you guys, this was a family restaurant that we were leaving, he proceeded to smack me on my butt. Now, fast forward, Angela saw this lovely display and knew I was settling in my dating life and not attracting top quality men, to say the least. So she has helped me turn things around in my love life, and I am extremely grateful for her. Angela, if you wouldn't mind just giving everyone a quick intro. Absolutely. So first of all, thank you, Melissa, for having me on the podcast. I'm so excited to be here and thank you for that amazing introduction. So yes, my name is Angela Lockhart and I am a love, sex and relationship coach. Um, My niche, so to speak, is the feminine masculine dynamics I work uh, with both men and women, and I do one, one-on-one coaching, and I help people really kind of go from ground zero to finding their person, um, dating, you know, creating the relationship that they actually truly want and desire. I love that. Um, I love that. And um, can you tell your listeners, because I know you know, a lot of us, when we, um, a lot of coaches have their own stories that have led them here. So can you tell the listeners your dating story around your exes to finally meeting the love of your life? Oh gosh. Yes. So I will, I will start at the beginning and I completely agree with you. I think a lot of coaches, um, you know, found themselves to be where they are helping other people mm-hmm. through their own journey. Um, and where it kind of got them. And in turn, they want to take what they learned through that process and really help other people. Right. So I was married for the first time when I was 19 years old, I was very young. Um, I really didn't know what I was doing, uh, what I was getting into. Um, I had uh, found out I was going to be having a baby. And so that kind of sparked, um, you know, what do we do now? So, you know, we decided to get married and be together and all of those things. And I didn't realize at the time that that marriage and relationship would actually end up being a very toxic relationship. So 
I, you know, unfortunately, unfortunately, I am no stranger to the dynamics of a toxic relationship. Um, I think in the long run, that has made me a much better coach. And I completely understand when my clients have either had experience with this or are maybe trying to get out of this um, because I did live it for a very long time. Um, so I got divorced at 30. So I was married 11 years and I met my, my now husband at 41. So for like 11, 12 years, I was single. I was dating. Um, I did a lot of online dating. I think I dated online on and off for almost 10 years. Um, now I didn't meet a lot of men. Um, you know, I dated people now that doesn't mean that I was intimate with, you know, a vast majority of these men, you know, or that I, you know, dated them for long periods of time, but I had a lot of first dates. I had a lot of coffee dates. I had, I have a lot of online dating experience. Um, and so, and, and I, I also had a couple long-term relationships as well during those 11 period, uh, uh, excuse me, 11 year period. So I really feel like during that time, I kind of did it all right. Like the good, the bad, the ugly, um, you know, so I, I got a lot of experience under my belt. And so the problem was though, is that I kept getting stuck in the same pattern. Right. Mm -hmm. And I noticed that I would attract two types of men. It was either the really nice guy, really great guy, you know, has so much to offer me treats me great, is willing to give me the world on a silver platter, but I have no attraction to him whatsoever. Zero chemistry on my end, right? Or I would meet and attract a man that I had a lot of chemistry with. It was like instant chemistry, like, um, you know, butterflies, that whole thing. And, you know, a lot of physical attraction, but he would literally have nothing else um, to offer me besides that. And so it was like, I constantly felt like I was meeting the men that would either fall into one category or another. Mm -hmm. And I just couldn't find somebody that, you know, I really kind of felt like had both. Right. Mm -hmm. And I, you know, I was almost at the point where I was like, you know, is this what they mean by settling? right? That at some point, am I going to have to make a choice between this type or that type and sacrifice whatever they don't have that I really actually truly want, right? Mm -hmm. And that's really what I do in my coaching is I try and help people navigate to get to the relationship that they actually truly want, mm -hmm. right? Um, so I kind of had like what I would like to call a dating bottom, um, which happened right before COVID and COVID hit March, 2020, I believe. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that February, a week before Valentine's day, um, I was going through a breakup with a man that was in one of these two categories. <laughs> and, uh, and so we broke up a week before Valentine's day and, um, you know, I knew when I met him, you know, I was very attracted to him. There's a lot of chemistry, all that stuff. But I knew when I met him, like, this is not a good choice. This is not a good idea. I really shouldn't be doing this, right? 
And then I would have these like rationalizations come into my head, like, well, maybe we'll fall so in love that he'll just change. And like all these amazing things will happen right off into the sunset, right? The old like rationalization kicked in, even though logically and realistically, that is not who he was or what he kind of had to offer me, right? So I really kind of knew um, that I quote, probably shouldn't have been, you know, entertaining this as a potential match. Um, but I did. And we broke up a uh, week before Valentine's Day 2020. And I remember I just kind of had this, you know, kind of moment of clarity, like it really just kind of hit me. And I was like, you know, I am 41 years old. I have a very successful career. I own a home. I've raised two children. I have great relationships with my friends, with my family, like everything in my life is, you know, it's, it's pretty good. You know, I've created a lot of amazing things yet this one area of my life, which is my dating life. Like it doesn't look much different today than it did when I was in high school. <laughs> you know what I mean? And, and I was just like, what am I doing? And, you, you know, it just really hit me like, the common denominator in all of this is me. Mm -hmm. Nobody is picking these men for me. I am picking them on my own. And I have got to start taking accountability for that. And for my choosing process, for my decision-making process. And obviously there's still some work that I have to do um, to change this pattern and really take responsibility for it myself, because what I was doing, which I think a lot of women do is instead of looking at those choices that they're making is they tend to blame the men. Right. Yes. Yes. And, and that turns into this pattern of like rinse and repeat, rinse and mm -hmm. repeat, rinse and repeat. Right. Um, and so I didn't want to do that anymore. And I knew that the answer to that was, I have got to take a look inside at my own decision-making processes, um, or I'm. this is what it's gonna be like forever, mm -hmm. right? I'm just gonna keep doing this and doing this and doing this. And what is the definition of insanity, right? It's doing the same thing over and over and expecting a different result. So it was COVID. We all had a lot of time on our hands and Somehow, as I was having this epiphany, I just stumbled on a few um, feminine energy dating coaches online. And again, like I said, we all had a lot of time on our hands and I started listening and I started learning and very quickly, like everything instinctively and intuitively made a lot of sense to me. Like there's a saying, like, we all know the truth when we hear it. Right. Yeah. And, and I would hear these kind of philosophies and like, you know, energetic laws between men and women. And, and it was like, I was hearing the truth and I was like, this is true. Like, this is really how it, it is. This is, this all makes a lot of sense. And this is not how I have been doing things. Right. Yeah very opposite from how I had been doing things. And so I started just immersing myself into the work and 
just like really grabbing on to everything I could find about all of this. And I, you know, as I dug deeper, I found other coaches and other people um, that kind of specialized in this and I became a student, right? And I learned a lot. I signed up for courses. Um, you know, it was like two years of pretty intense education. And coincidentally at that same time, very coincidentally, the man that I would end up marrying, you know, really the love of my life, um, really the man, you know, our first photo that I posted on Facebook of the two of us, I put on there, you know, the man I've been waiting for my whole life. Oh, <laughs> and that, and that is really, yeah, that is really how I felt about him. Um, you know, I didn't have to settle for anything. I, it was just like, it, it, it was really a divine connection I felt. But anyway, so I happened to meet him around that same time and here he comes and I can just tell that like, this is a good man. This is, this is not this one or the other category, mm -hmm. you know, he has a lot of very great qualities. I have nothing to lose by taking all of this information that I've learned on masculine, on feminine, on the energies, on the dynamics, how they balance out, how they work together. I have nothing to lose by taking all of this and actually putting it to real life testing, right? Like, yeah. try it out, right? And see what actually happens. Cause it's one thing to learn about it. It's another thing to do it, right? Yep. <laughs> and so that's what I did. And I took all of that and I applied it and I really couldn't believe how easily and effortlessly everything flowed between the two of us. Mm -hmm. And there was no relationship anxiety and there was no drama, right? And there was no like just these crazy highs, lows, upstep. Like it just flowed the way it was really supposed to flow. Um, and so, you know, it was a very seamless process. We met. Um, you know, a few months in, we decided to see each other exclusively, you know, right at one year together, he proposed um, a year later, you know, now we're married and, and it was just like, it just went very easily mm -hmm. at a very healthy pace, right? Not too fast, not too slow. It was just very easy and effortless for both of us. And I really accredit that to all of the information that I had and everything I learned about how male and female dynamics really work beautifully when they're balanced together. Yeah, that is actually, yeah, that's, and it's so, it sounds so simple, but I know it's not that simple. Um, and it kind of goes against a lot of what we were conditioned to think and a lot of what maybe some of us saw growing up. Um, so, you know, many of our listeners are very successful men and women. They are driven, they're go-getters, um, and they truly want to improve their lives. Um, and I'm sure you see this a lot when you get a client who seems to have it all minus their love life. So what do you see that is going on in that person's life that's keeping them from attracting their match? And can you explain to the listeners, what is this feminine and masculine energy polarity mm -hmm. that you talk about? Sure. So, you know, you hit the nail on the head because, you know, when you describe your listeners, that really accurately describes a lot of my clients. A lot of my clients, 
you know, a vast majority mm -hmm. <laughs> actually are very smart, very successful, very driven. I mean, just really people that are the ultimate package. And it's just this one area of their life, right? Yep. <laughs> it just, they cannot seem to figure it out. They feel like they're swimming upstream and they're always asking themselves like, why does this have to be so hard? I just don't get it, right? And I think the number one thing that I see is that people just have a lot of confusion on male-female dynamics. Mm -hmm. um, they really don't know what they're doing. They don't know how to create these like beautiful energy matches. Um, there's a lot of, you know, blurred lines these days on like gender and this and like, what does that all actually mean? Um, that type of thing. But biologically, men know they want to feel like men, right? And instinctively. And women biologically and instinctively know they want to feel like women, right? And so nobody really knows how to do that very well anymore. And so there's just all of these single people out there that are longing for each other, but just really don't know how to do this. And it's because no one ever taught them and the messaging and the conditioning that they're getting from, you know, everything from TV, social media, all that, mm -hmm. it's just creating a lot of confusion. So, um, you know, with my coaching, I really kind of break it down to the basics of, you know, how these energies work, how the balance works. You know, a lot of this is energetic law that's been around a long time. It's not stuff that I invented or, you know, came up with on my own. Um, and biology is biology, you know, it doesn't change. So that's really the main thing that I see. Um, so you asked me like, break it down, right? Like, what is this whole male, female? Yeah. Thing, like right? maybe give an example of like what, what that would look like to someone who's like, what does that mean? Feminine and masculine energy. Totally. So here's <laughs> the fun part, right? Yeah. <laughs> so, um, I'm going to explain it in like the simplest terms. So I'm going to use the analogy of the sperm and the egg. It's one of my favorite analogies. I know you've heard me talk about this, right? Yes. And this helped me so much, you guys. So <laughs> take notes. Okay. Yes. <laughs> take notes. Um, so you know, during conception, as you know, a baby is literally being made, you have the sperm and you have the egg and the egg, which is the feminine, um, really is just there. She's just there. You know, she's not doing anything. She's not exerting herself. Um, she's just being there in all of her beauty and splendor and glory right? Ready to receive this sperm and start creating a new life, mm -hmm. right? And as she's doing that, here comes millions of swimming sperm, right? Coming at her a million miles an hour, competing, fighting with each other, um, you know, exerting themselves, going as fast as they can to be that one winner, you know, or occasionally two, um, that, you know, finds their way into that egg mm -hmm. and matches up and creates a miracle, a new life, right? And that is a 
really great way to explain masculine and feminine energy. So masculine energy is all about doing, it's about going, it's about making things happen, it's about, you know, exerting itself and going out into the world and getting what it wants and all of that. Feminine energy is more about receiving, it's more about being, it's more about letting things kind of come to us instead of going out and having to make things happen. Um, and it's a much more like soft, calming energy versus the sperm, which is very, you know, active and is go, 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 go. So, you know, as inside the body during that conception, you know, your dating life, in my opinion, your dynamics with your partner, in my opinion, um, should mirror a lot of that. Yeah. And it, I've noticed that when I started applying some of these tools, it does feel better, you know, mm -hmm. um, otherwise what it shouldn't look like, as you know, and I've learned the hard way is me chasing a man or trying to convince a man that I'm enough or I'm, you know, I'm deserving of, um, that's a very anxious, uh, uncomfortable, stressful type of dynamic. And it never goes anywhere good. Whereas when I apply these tools, um, the, the dynamic is a lot smoother and both parties seem to be happier, you know, and you've, you've always taught me, um, if someone is pulling the hot, cold shenanigans, <laughs> lean back and see what they do. And either they bounce, which means you don't, you don't want that anyway, because they just kind of eliminated themselves as being someone who's not top quality with, with what you're looking for, or they, they show up, you know, but when we're chasing as females, when we're chasing, um, we chase the guy away because we are stepping into the masculine, the masculine energy, you know? So just a few, um, and there's so many tools, you guys, she's got like so many of them and it's, I could, I could spend all day talking about how many, how many amazing stories have occurred because of these tools in my life. And it's not just in my love life. I know when I'm in my feminine energy, um, other things are going well, money mm -hmm. is flowing, energy is flowing. I'm showing up for my workouts. I'm happier. So it's just, it's amazing. Now we are in a, you know, an environment of a lot of online dating. Um, mm -hmm. you can certainly meet people in person and that's still a thing. Absolutely. Um, but what should people look for, um, on a dating profile mm -hmm. when they're starting to date? I just want to remind the listeners, this is men and women that Angie coaches. So this is really good information. So men as well, please take notes if you're not already. <laughs> yes. Thank you uh, for that clarification. Um, so as far as online dating goes, I have a very detailed outline that mm -hmm. I share with my clients on how I recommend that they date online. Um, if you are single and actively dating, you know, Online is a great way to kind of get people in front of you and candidates in front of you and introductions to people that you may not have otherwise met in a short amount of time. Like you go online, especially as a woman, you put up a profile and you have, you know, 
lots of men contacting you, you know, fairly quickly and, you know, really gets the juices flowing. Um, there's a lot of quant quantity on there. So it's definitely a great way to kind of activate things, right. And have, have stuff going on. It definitely doesn't need to be the only way that you date. Mm -hmm. um, you know, it's definitely good to have it as like in your repertoire, so to speak, but you know, you should always be meeting people through friends, you know, through groups that you're involved in, through trying out other things. Um, you know, I met my now husband in a networking group that I joined during COVID and it really didn't make a lot of sense, honestly, logical sense for me to join this group, but, <laughs> but a friend invited me and my intuition, my feminine mm -hmm. intuition mm -hmm. was saying, don't think twice, just do it. Just do that it. Is so you guys, that is important. I just want to pause for a second because that is a big part of a lot of this, you know, when it comes to making decisions in your love life and especially in your, um, well, especially in your love life and all areas of your life, but your intuition, if you really listen to it, it, it won't lie to you. You'll get a, a, a thought that, and you're like, this doesn't make sense. Why would I try this random thing that, and you never know who you're yeah. going to meet or what's going to occur that could really change the trajectory of your life for the better. Um, yeah. so that's really important. And you had mentioned quantity. So I know for me, when I was dating, um, I don't want to say the wrong way. I'll say without help way. <laughs> um, I was, you know, very quickly cause I'm, I'm a loyal person. So I would meet a guy that I, Oh, I kind of like him. So I'm just going to go ahead and stop dating other people like immediately. Right. Um, and I've learned, you know, from you, that's not the ideal situation. Um, so can you please explain to the audience, like, what is this quantum dating, um, that people talk about and what is the methodology behind it? Absolutely. And I love this question. And I, you know, I see this so much with my clients, especially my female clients, because I kind of feel that biologically women are just hardwired for monogamy. And, yeah, I agree. <laughs> and so it's like, it's so natural for us to want that as fast as possible and to understand how that does not serve you when you are dating casually. Um, you know, when I talk to women about this, they're like, wow, I never looked at it that way. Right. Like this gives mm -hmm. me a whole perspective. Right. So like the natural order of things of how they are supposed to be and how dating was for a very long time, right? Up until not even really that long ago, if you think about it, that men pursued women and they competed for women, okay? So a woman would have what they would call suitors, right? Which were men who were interested in being with her and marrying her, right? And they would come and they would her, which is kind of the translation to what dating is today, right? It should be ideally like a courtship yeah. where the man is putting in the work to show up, to, um, you know, put his best foot forward, to take you out on dates, to make you smile, to bring you flowers, to all of these things, and to prove to you as the woman that he is good enough for you to choose him out of all of these suitors that are knocking down your door. That's the natural order of things. 
right? Mm -hmm. And, you know, historically speaking, the most attractive women, um, both physically and, you know, just all around attractive, sweet, kind, you know, all of the things that um, a man might be attracted to, but the most sought after women had the most suitors. And so men really had to compete hard for her, right? And so that is really the natural order of things. Um, and so when women date online, they make the mistake of they meet a guy, you know, it's going pretty well. They go on one or two dates. They really don't know him from Adam because this is online. So it really is a total and complete stranger, right? And they decide, well, you know, I'm just going to focus on this and, you know, I'm not really quote that kind of girl that likes to date a lot of guys. And they have this, like, like they think they're being virtuous in a way. Right. Yes. <laughs> um, yep. <laughs> but it's very misplaced. Mm -hmm. um, so what they end up doing is they end up one giving this man exclusivity that he hasn't one earned. That's key you guys earned. Right. <laughs> Two, that he hasn't even asked for. Mm -hmm. That three, he probably isn't giving you in return. Right? Yes. Mm -hmm. um, and you are basically shutting down all your other options for a man that really hasn't shown you yet that he is worth that. Right? Because the mentality should be let the best man win, right? Yeah. That's really where that term came from. Let the best man win because men have competed for women since the beginning of time, right? And so the one thing to kind of keep in mind is when I say like date lots of people, you know, have your options open. Dating does not translate to sleeping with people. Yes. I want to make that very clear, right? <laughs> yeah. um, which kind of needs to be clarified because in today's online culture and dating culture, you know, people do make like two plus two equals four in that yeah. sense. And it doesn't. Right. So I'm talking, when I say dating lots of people, I'm talking about meeting people, going to coffee, going to lunch. If that goes well, you go on another date and then maybe another date and you slowly let these men kind of show you who they are and what they have to offer you. And unless and until that one man comes along that you really feel like is a serious candidate for a lifelong partnership, a husband, you, you know, someone you could actually see yourself wanting to you know, spend your life with unless and until that person comes along, it's really not a good idea to shut down all of your other options. It's silly, right? Yeah. I mean, what if you meet a guy and, you know, you go out on a couple great dates and you decide I'm just going to focus on him and you get tunnel vision on him. And now not only do you have tunnel vision, but you're overly invested, right? You're yeah. really mm -hmm. invested, right? And you shut down your apps, you don't go on them. And what if the very next day you could have messaged with a man that actually has a lot more to offer than this one that you have this tunnel vision now on that you barely know, right? That you're starting to like 
romanticize in your head, even though that's not really reality, right? And so you're potentially losing out on men that could be a much better fit for you. Yeah. Right. This misplaced sense of virtue. Right. So it's really not a good idea. In my opinion, I say, always have your options open. And as men prove themselves to you, that's where the options narrow until kind of that one winner emerges. Until then on the market. Such good advice. Um, I know because how many times have we rushed into something or I'll speak for myself. I've, you know, rushed into something. Oh, he seems great. Da, 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 da. And, uh, you know, I have a boyfriend one month in, but then I find out his life is a mess. He's not emotionally available. He's not consistent. And all of a sudden I'm like, oh my gosh, am I falling for potential? Which is, you know, the story of a lot of us. Right. Correct. Um, so that's so important. Um, and one thing, you know, so what would you advise um, as far as, I know there's no certain timeline, um, but how long should someone, male or female, but really females kind of drive this, right? Or make the final decision on this. How long should someone wait before they get intimate? Okay, spicy question, Melissa. Yes. I love it. <laughs> I get this question a lot. Yes. Um, and I like to say that, you know, this is not a one size fits all. I know there's a lot of dating coaches out there that have, you know, 60 day rules, 90 day rules, um, you know, yeah. X amount of dates rules, you know, things like that. So my general rule of thumb for my female clients is until that man has proved himself to you as a actual potential long-term partner, Mm-hmm. And he's really showing you that like, Hey, I'm a serious candidate for that. Do not sleep with him. Yeah. <laughs> Do not be intimate. Um, you know, the next general rule of thumb is you want to make sure that you are connecting with someone in all of the other areas and leave kind of the intimacy for last. Not that it's not important because it's hugely important, right? right. It's very important. Um, there needs to be physical attraction on both ends. Yeah. You need to make sure that you are connecting intellectually. That's a big one. That is a big one. Mm-hmm. Um, you are connecting emotionally, that you are um you have a friendship, right? And that that all of these things are there. And then once you know they're there and then the intimacy comes, it just makes the relationship so much better and so much more solid. If you do it the other way around, which is what happens these days a lot, is right. mm-hmm, people meet someone and there's a lot of attraction and chemistry. And so the intimacy comes fast. And then afterwards, they're trying to figure out, do I even connect with this person emotionally, spiritually, intellectually? Um, do like, are we, do we even have a friendship? Right. And so it puts people into this, you know, major relationship anxiety, overthinking, the attachment issues come out of the woodworks. Oh my gosh. Yes. 
right? <laughs> and it just, it just creates a lot of chaos, right? Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, it's just not a recipe for success. And I find that a lot of people um, have been kind of conditioned to not believe that. Right. There's right? a lot of pressure and, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of, um, well, you know, if I don't sleep yeah. with him, then he might not, you know, maybe he'll like leave or, and, and, you know, I say if, if a man leaves because you decide to wait, he's definitely not the man for you. And like, you're, he's done you a huge, huge blessing and a favor at the same time, because he just made room for Mr. Top quality to show up several of them. Right. (laughs) Absolutely. And Um, I, I have also found that if a man is really interested in you, like he's really like, this girl is amazing. She has all these great things. You are really not going to ever lose him quote lose him by not being intimate with him right away. That is never going to happen in my opinion. Right. And also, um, you know, healthy men, healthy men, um, appreciate boundaries and structure, right? Uh, as you know, you taught me that, that, you know, um, setting boundaries is setting your standard. And one of my boundaries, one of my internal boundaries is that I will not become intimate with somebody until I feel comfortable in my body. And that does cover, it's covered with everything you just mentioned, spiritual, is there a friendship? Are we compatible even that sort of thing? Um, because if I don't listen to that, then like you mentioned, you know, rush into a situation and then I got the, oh my God, is he going to call me? Is, you know what I mean? So, um, all those anxious attachment wounds pop up, but the more I listen to my intuition and I set boundaries, the better my life is holistically even. Um, so I wanted to throw a scenario out. (laughs) So, Um, what advice would you give a listener or listeners that are meeting someone for the first time? And this is what happens. The date is rude. So the date has been really kind on the phone, that sort of thing, but they meet in person and the date they're sitting at coffee, dinner, whatever. And the date makes an obscene and offensive comment. I've had this happen personally, where the man makes a comment about my body (laughs) I just mm-hmm. met him <laughs> mm-hmm. and I just want to run away. <laughs> yes. So do you want me to go through one situation at a time or do you want to tell me both and then I'll address? So, uh, yeah, that situation. So I, I am meeting a man, I'm meeting a gentleman who mm-hmm. apparently is not a gentleman uh, <laughs> for a date. And he, he's checking off the boxes so far on the phone. We, we, we set up a, a coffee date initially. This is what happened. You guys, this is a true story. We set up a coffee date initially, which is great. Low key, simple, just to see if there's chemistry. He last minute wants it to be a dinner date. And I did not listen to my intuition, which told me, no, don't do that. Mm-hmm. Stick to the plan. He wanted to change the dates to the day of, which is yeah, completely threw me off. I show up for um, the now dinner date and he is touching me. He's rubbing my leg. I'm pushing his hand off. I was uncomfortable the whole time. He was making comments about my body. People were around us 
were looking at me like poor girl. <laughs> so it was horrible. Um, what would, what advice would you give one of your clients that told you this happened? Okay. So what I tell my clients with online dating to try and minimize these things, right? Because with mm -hmm. online, sadly, these are not completely uncommon types of right. scenarios, right? But to mitigate the chances of that, I tell them, okay, you, you know, connect with someone online. Um, you, you want to get off the app as soon as possible into real life, right? Which would require giving this person your phone number. Um, and seeing what they do with it. So they get your phone number. Usually that man will text, right? And um, you can, you know, I always say text a little bit, tiny bit, you, you know, maybe two, three times back and forth and then boundary, right? Um, you lay down your boundary, you know, and you could say something like, you know, it's felt really nice messaging with you. I'm so glad we got off that app. Um, However, I really don't like to try and get to know people through text messaging. Um, I would really like to maybe set up a time for a phone call. What do you think about that? Right. Mm -hmm. And a healthy masculine man that's not wasting your time is going to jump on that and say, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Let's do it. Right. A man that isn't healthy, isn't masculine, really kind of maybe is a little bit of a time waster will keep texting and texting. And you, I tell my clients, just ignore it, you know, block the number, move on. You shouldn't have to tell them more than once if this is a grown man. Um, so I always tell my clients really try and do a phone call, which I know you said that you did. Yes. Um, but I say do a phone call, you know, not an hour long, 15, 20 minutes, listen to their voice, listen to their laugh. You can you know, a phone call, you can really kind of tell how intelligent someone is by the way they speak, by the language that they use. You know, if you can crack a joke or two with them on the phone, you can kind of get a sense of their sense of humor. You know, if they do say some obscene things on that phone call, um, mm -hmm. that would be a deal breaker for me. And I tell my client, don't take time to meet with this person because if they're just going to be obscene on a 15 minute phone call with you and they don't even know you, um, that's, uh, and we'll get into this, but that's a red flag, right? <laughs> um, yeah. So this is all of your screening. And if that goes well, then I always recommend only meet them for a quick 30, 45 minutes, the most coffee in public, you, you know, somewhere casual when you're already out and about ideally, um, it's, it's low pressure. It's low investment of your time. But the most important reason why you want to do this is because you really don't know if you have chemistry with someone until you meet them. Right. You don't know until that person is in front of you. And in my experience, women know if they are attracted to someone within 30 seconds. Oh, for sure. It's really fast. For right? sure. I mean, we talked about taking things slow physically, which we, yes, a hundred percent. But for me, it's like, if I'm not wanting to at least kiss the guy. I'm not saying you should, but in my mind. Sure. And <laughs> if it's I'm your not, body. Yeah. It's yeah. Your body. If I'm not and, wanting to, yeah. then I'm probably not attracted to him, you know? Um, and you mentioned, you know, this is something people talk about a lot. And this is like one of the things um, 
I, I was concerned about, um, oh, but okay. I almost forgot. I wanted to ask you about catfishing before I get into red flags and green flags. So um, you want me to finish the, the answer to your, your, your date with the, with the, yeah, yes. Yeah. Okay. I'm almost there. I promise. Um, so the coffee date will hopefully eliminate, like you go, you see if there's a connection. Now, if you had met that guy for coffee, right. You probably wouldn't have ended up going to dinner with him. No, absolutely not. Right? No. And that would have been 30 minutes of your time yeah. versus two hours getting ready, doing your hair, doing your makeup, you know, cause going yeah. to dinner is a different level of investment prepping than it is to go to coffee with someone. Yeah. Right. So, um, instead of investing hours, you, you know, you would, you go to coffee and I tell my clients, if you meet for coffee or maybe like a little appetite, something that's like an hour or less. Okay. But I like the coffee thing. Um, if that goes well mm-hmm. and there's connection, because that's the whole goal of the coffee date is just to see if there is that intangible connection that you will not feel through yeah. a phone right? That you will not feel through an app, right? But is there that like a little something, right? It doesn't need to be off the charts, insane chemistry. In fact, I recommend you run from that, honestly. There does need to be something there. Mm -hmm. And if he's like, hey, I would really love to see you again. Would you be open to that? And you're like, absolutely. I, I would love that. At that point, the courtship has officially begun at that point. And then you guys start, right? So again, your intuition said, don't go to dinner with this guy. Yep. Right. And, but you were like, no, I mean, whatever your rationalization. Yeah. Kicked in, right. So that answers that. I think your next question was catfishing, right? Yeah. Well, so just to note, you guys always listen to your intuition. Um, I felt obligated to go to dinner with him because um he called me and we were on the phone I was uh, 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 caught off guard um and learning lesson next time I'll say oh that sounds so nice yet I really feel more comfortable meeting you for coffee for a first date it's that Absolutely. simple you know boundaries um but yes men and women get catfished a lot you know and I've been catfished before Um, and the type of catfishing that I'm referring to, isn't the one that the person is someone completely different and they never get in touch with you because you would eliminate that using your tools anyway, because the back and forth texting you had mentioned, you know, we're not doing that. We're, we're dating with purpose. Um, so the catfishing I'm referring to is you do the texting, you have the phone call, everything, check, check, checks, you meet the person for coffee. And they don't look anything like their profile. Um, their height is different. Their weight is different. I'm not being shallow, but this is a human. This is a completely different person. Mm-hmm. And like what? What do you do in that situation? Well, first I'd like to say with all the online dating that I did, I definitely found myself in that situation more than once. Um, I do hear from male clients that it's more of an issue for them because these mm-hmm. days a and like to use the filters on their photos and, you know, take photos from certain angles and then they show up. Like that's the number one complaint from men with online dating is that they meet these women and they don't look anything like their photos. Um, But I've definitely been in that situation myself. And 
this is what I tell my clients. Number one, you don't owe that person anything at all. Mm. You don't owe them your time. You don't owe them your energy. You don't owe them an explanation. Um, you owe them nothing. When you're meeting people online for coffee or this or that, nobody owes each other anything. So if you show up there um, and they are not who they you know, represented themselves to be, you are under no obligation to stay, right? You, you know, the, the kind of caveat to that is though, however, as I do tell my clients, you don't owe them anything. You're under no obligation to stay, but you always want to be kind and polite right? And compassionate. You, so there's nothing wrong with saying, you know, getting to coffee, you know, staying there 20, 30 minutes, right? Because you're not just going to run out the door, right? <laughs> um, having your coffee, finding something, you know, that you can connect with that person about, uh, you know, for a little bit and nice to meet you and all these things. And, you know, you give it a respectful 30 minutes and then you go, you know, um, it was really nice to meet you. Thank you for the coffee. Um, you know, it was fun chatting with you about ABCD, um, but I do have an appointment. I do need to be getting to, so I'm going to have to go. Right. And you just right. get out. You're under no obligation to explain yourself really, um, to be there for another, you know, 45 minutes, an hour, which is why it's good to set the expectation with that person ahead of time. Like when you're on the phone and if they want to meet, you say, yeah, I have time for like a quick half hour, 45 minute coffee on Saturday or Sunday, you know, between two and four, like I'll have a little bit of time. I'll be in between um, running errands or that sort. And so you're already setting the expectation because really the whole purpose of that first online meeting with someone is to see if there's a connection. And obviously if they don't look anything like their photos, there isn't going to be one. Right. Right. And so you just politely excuse yourself. Um, if they text you, you can text them back. If you want to tell them, I'm sorry, there wasn't a connection if you want to, but honestly, I tell my clients, you don't really even owe them that. <laughs> Yeah, You know what I mean? Like nobody owes each other anything. Um, you know, you kind of do what you're comfortable with. Right. And, mm -hmm. you know, you don't owe them an explanation of why you don't want to see them again. And, you know, they know, they know why they know they don't look anything like their photos. You know what I'm saying? Yes. Um, so really it's like, you just put it behind you and you move on. And honestly, <laughs> it is that simple, you guys. I, um, you know, there is a lot of conditioning in society too, as far as like good girl, nice girl, where women, you know, um, sometimes we feel like we need to X, Y, Z, we have to X, Y, Z and the need to have to, and going against our intuition can get us in a lot of trouble, you know, even from a safety viewpoint, right. I'm not going to go off on a tangent about that, but you don't have to be quote unquote nice being, being kind is really what you should be. And being yes. kind is respecting your own, um, intuition, treating others with respect, but you know, not doing anything that's going to sacrifice your peace of mind, your comfort level, any of that stuff. And if someone is catfishing, honestly, um, of course there's different reasons they're doing it, but they're lying to you before you guys even have the chance to meet when they don't really need to do that because everybody obviously have, has different 
preferences and what they're attracted to. So there's people for everybody. There's so many people in the world. There's no need to do that. Um, Correct. This is a fun question that I'm excited to ask you because I'm really big into manifesting. Okay. Um, And a lot of my listeners, I'm, I'm sure are. So can you detail how does manifesting work to the listeners and how would someone maybe get their environment and their life ready to date for when looking for the one? Okay. So the first thing I want to say about that, and I'm going to do a little tough love here with the listeners. So sorry, not sorry. (laughs) Um, But really, if you want to draw in the one, if you're really serious, that is something that you are ready to do. um, And it's something that you very much desire. Your best chances of that is getting to the best version of yourself first. Amen. And you don't have to be perfect. Every human being is a work in progress, right? But if you have really bad habits that are sticking around, if you know, you're maybe a smoker and you know, you want to quit smoking or, you know, you have an issue with you know, being very, very messy, right? And your car is always a mess and your house is always a mess. Mm-hmm. Or, um, you know, you know, you have like one or two areas that you really ideally need to work on and get right. And, you know, I went through this myself. I remember about, you know, seven years ago, I think it's been about seven years, you, you know, I quit smoking. I, mm-hmm. I know you got like, we, right. And that is yeah. not an easy thing to do. And there's a million reasons why, you know, it's not good for your health. It's not good for your, you know, your skin. It's, you know, there's nothing good about it. Right. But I also knew in the back of my mind, like, I want to meet the man of my dreams one day. And a lot of men don't want to date a smoker and there's valid reasons why, right? Like, I, I, I really want to say that when I met my now husband, I had really worked on a lot of those things. I wasn't perfect by any stretch, but I had really done a lot of that work. And so it's like, when you have these high standards for yourself, um, and your own life, again, I'm not talking about perfection. Um, but when you have these high standards for yourself, it's a lot more organic and easy and logical to have high standards for a partner because we're not asking them for anything that you're not willing to give yourself. Right. And when you know you're not operating with your best face and foot forward, you accept low quality behavior from, you know, people you're dating because you know how you're showing up, right? Mm-hmm. And so those standards have to align. They just do. Right. That's so you guys, that's so key. Cause I, I also, yes, I quit smoking during the pandemic because I was like at the beginning of the pandemic, I should say, because I was like the same thing. I was like, I had hit a date, one of my dating bottoms. And I was like, I want to draw in someone healthy. Fitness is important to me. I can't exactly ask universe, God, whatever you believe in, Hey, send me somebody healthy. If I'm smoking a pack a day, you know? And so I think it is, you know, like Angela mentions, it's important that you are embodying that, which you are trying to attract. Cause it's not really fair and doesn't really work that way. Like, Hey, I want someone with their life together. 
<laughs> but my life isn't together, you know? So that is so, so important. Um, thank you for going over that. It's so important. Um, and I know that um, when your life is beautifully full, right? I feel mm -hmm. like that is when more abundant things occur as a result of manifesting. <laughs> um, well, and I just so, want to add this real fast, if this yeah. is okay. This is kind of to answer the second part of the manifestation question, because I think it's really important. Um, you know, if you already kind of are at that place where your life is pretty beautifully full, you're, you know, everyone, again, everyone has things to work on, but you really worked hard to become this great version of, of yourself and you feel ready to draw in that one, right? If you're already there, the next step is visualize, visualize, visualize. Mm -hmm. I, I remember when I was there and it was COVID and I was really wanting to draw in that person, you know, the gyms were closed and, you know, I would go on these long walks and, on these walks, I would not bring music. I would not bring a podcast. I wouldn't bring anything. And I would just visualize and I would imagine this faceless person, but that might, that, that that's my person. And I would go through the feelings as if they were already here, as if I already had it, like it's here, it's on its way. I know what this is going to feel like. And I think that is the key to manifestation is that to really draw that stuff in, you have to put time aside to really visualize it and go through all the emotions of already having it. Like it's, it's yours. It's just on its way instead of focusing on, you know, I don't have it. It's not there. Poor me. You know, all of those things are very counter manifestation emotions. Yeah. And they're very low vibrating uh, ways to think too, like scarcity mindset and it's yeah, the abundant mindset is, you know, take notes again, you guys. <laughs> it's it's what Angela said, you know, you it's on its way. It's there. Mm -hmm. There's no way. I mean, I know we all all, you know, a lot of us have one point or another felt that yearning in our in our in our soul, like, oh man, when is it gonna be my time? And I'm really, am I ever gonna meet the this person that's gonna, you know change everything and we're going to do amazing things together, whatever that looks like. But there's no way that that can't happen if you're applying tools and you're bettering yourself because there's billions of people in the world. So there's no way it's there already. That's the thing. It's just connecting the dots, right? Having that person come to you, you meet that person and things flourishing. Um, but before we get to that person, there's <laughs> things that we have to look out for. Yes. <laughs> You know, and I got a lot of um of feedback and a lot of commentary. My inbox was flooded, which is great. I love hearing from you guys. Um, I recently made a post, okay, mentioning I didn't go over what they were. I was saving it for this amazing interview. Um, but I was mentioning red versus green flags. And we hear a lot on social media about red flags, and there's some obvious ones, but there's also some ones that aren't that obvious. And I don't hear green flags being mentioned quite as much. So when it comes to dating and meeting new people, um, can you discuss what red and green flags one person should be looking for? Absolutely. Um, and this is, you, you know, this is very important, actually. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's very, very, very important um, because we don't, I mean, I think everyone 
male and female man woman has been in a situation where they were dating someone and were like when I look back on, on it you know the red flags were there and I just oh, yeah. romanticized it anyways and rationalized it and you know plowed forward so red flags to me the biggest red flag is someone that doesn't respect your boundaries mm. Mm-hmm. And to me, that is the number one red flag of somebody that is narcissistically wired, right? Yep. And someone that you want to avoid. So I'm going to give you a quick example of this, okay? So let's say you meet someone online, you've gone out, you know, two, three times, and um, your next date is coming up, and that man says, hey, you know, what do you think about if I pick up a pizza and a bottle of wine and we, you know, go to your house and chill, it's cold, it's raining outside, be really nice to have a night in, right? And your intuition as a woman is telling you, you know, I don't really want to do that. Mm -hmm. I still don't know this person that well. You know, I met him online. I've only known him a few hours. You know, I have to clean my whole house. You know, that's my personal space. Like every fiber in your being is kind of like, I don't want to do this really. Yeah. But you kind of feel pressured a lot because of, you know, conditioning and online dating and like, you know, a lot of these things we believe that like, you know, you may be tempted to say, okay, yeah, that's fine. That sounds good. Even though you don't really want to do that. Right. Right. And so this is part of what I teach my female clients is no, you absolutely have to do that. And you say to that man, like, you know, something along the lines of, you know, that's so sweet of you to offer to pick all that up and come over, um, you know, but I'm really not comfortable having, you know, people over to my house that, you know, I just don't know very well. And this feels a little bit early for me. So, you know, I'd love to see you again, but honestly, I'd feel a lot more comfortable if we went out. Yeah. Right. Just very authentic, very honest, very, this is where I'm coming from. A healthy masculine man is 100% of the time going to say, I totally understand, not a problem. I totally get it. You know, I, I should have thought of that. Like, where would you like to go? you know, immediately will go into like a very genuinely kind understanding mode. That is how you can tell this is a healthy masculine guy. Someone who's not healthy, that's kind of narcissistically potentially wired or toxic or whatever is not going to respect that boundary. And they might say something like, you know, okay, mother Teresa, like, Yep. Are you in a square now? Like, come on, like, I'm just going to grab wine and pizza. It's not a big deal. Right. And like, you know, not respect that. And that is a major red flag. Right. Yeah. Um, and you can see how some women might actually get pressure, feel pressured into being like, okay, well, maybe, you know, he's right. Maybe that would be fine, you know, but no, your intuition isn't going to lie to you and steer you wrong. Right. So that's number one is someone that doesn't respect boundaries. Um, you know, to, for my female clients, someone who's overly sexual right away, that's a huge run, run far and fast from that far, far, far and fast. Um, someone that talks to talks about themselves way too much, right? Mm -hmm. Because any healthy masculine guy that is, um, you know, dating you casually and is seriously looking at you as like, I really want to get to know her better to see if there's, you know, 
enough here that this is like potential partnership, right? Mm -hmm. Any man in that mindset is going to want to know more about you, right? He is going to want to know everything about you. He's going to have a lot of questions. He's going to want to know things. So if they're not really asking you anything about yourself and they're just talking about themselves, they're not looking at you that way, in my opinion. Um, so that's a major red flag. And um, the last one, oh, love bombing. Hi. Oh, love yes. Flag. I'm so glad red you're going to do this. Okay. Red flag. Um, so if you want to explain to your listeners in case they don't know what love bombing is, you probably yeah. do a um, better than me right now. <laughs> so I had, uh, I myself have had experience um, dating somebody years ago uh that was full-blown someone my therapist believed was a full-blown narcissistic psychopath that yeah that's for another episode <laughs> but basically um I had never experienced love bombing before and love bombing essentially is courting on steroids um it's going to feel very rushed courting is a good feeling it feels good to have somebody you know be kind to you and um, compliment you on a first date, especially if you took the time to get ready and, you know, they find you attractive, like that all feels good. And again, you know, um, the difference, a lot of the differences you can feel in your body. Um, if something feels good, you're more relaxed, you know, you might feel a little excited, but you're not like on a level 10, whereas love bombing, you know, it's like you start feeling all these feelings in your stomach and you're like, oh, okay, that sounds nice. But in your, you're kind of getting this like feeling of like, are they for real? Um, so, you know, love bombing is, it, it is, it's just courting on steroids. It's somebody that doesn't know you telling you on a first date, I could see myself with you for the rest of my life. You're exactly what I've been looking for. And, you know, if, oh, if, if this continues, I want to, I want to take you on a, a cruise this time next year. It's just very fast and it feels very unnatural. Correct. Yeah. So you definitely want to stay away from that. Yeah. <laughs> um, so for green flags, you know, and I tell my female clients this, but honestly, this applies for men that are dating as well. Um, I tell my clients the number one Thing you want to look for in that man is does he say excuse me does he do exactly what he says he is going to do is he a man of his word right because this is a must this is a non-negotiable he cannot be a man of his word half the time some of the time it has to be all of the time right so what does that mean that means when he says I'm going to call you at five o'clock when I'm off work your phone is ringing at five o'clock, right? Not six yeah. o'clock, not seven o'clock, five o'clock. When he says, I'm going to pick you up at eight, we're going to go here and we're going to do this and I'm going to take you home. That's, ex you know, that's exactly what's going to happen, right? When he says, oh, I did this over the weekend and this and this and this. And, you know, a few days later, you know, you find out that's not really what he did. Right. Cause mm. something comes up in conversation and you're like, that's weird. He said he was doing that, but clearly he wasn't, that's not a man of his word. Right. So the number one thing is he needs to be a man of his word. His word has to be golden. Right. And he 
does what he says he's going to do. That is the number one masculine, like high quality masculine trait that a man can have. And when I get male clients, I tell them, this is what you need to become. Not optional. Okay. Mm. But for women too, right? They need to be women of their word as well, right? Um, you know, because that's a big complaint for male clients is that women, you know, can be flaky and, you know, like can be talking to lots of guys and, you know, say that they're available, but then cancel or, you know, things like that. So either way, like people that are people of their word, one, you're developing trust, which is the number one thing for a relationship, right? And number two, it shows that that person has integrity and nobody wants to be with someone that doesn't have any integrity, right? Right. And and we're all adults here. Like we're not in high school. We're not <laughs> like, you know, my clients aren't in their teens and early, early twenties in college. They're all adults. And, you know, by that time, it's like, we're looking for adults. Okay. Yeah. So that <laughs> adults are looking for adults. <laughs> so that is the, that is the number one thing is, um, you know, being, you know, a person of their word, respecting boundaries, um, you know, knows how to communicate. That is huge. Um, and I could do a whole episode on that. So I'm not going to get into the weeds about it, but, <laughs> and this one may cause a little controversy, but I'm going to say it anyways. Okay. Okay. <laughs> um, financially stable. And yeah. Okay. Because again, we're adults dating other adults. And I have found that, you know, as you get, you know, older in life and more established, you know, a person that is, you know, especially forties and up. Okay. Um, that is financially chaotic. It just says a lot about their decision-making processes, their dis their self-discipline, their integrity. It, it's just, you know, again, adults dating adults. Right. Um, and you know, what I'm talking to is about financial responsibility, um, you know, fi financial stability, making good financial decisions, mm -hmm. right? Things of that nature, not specifically dollar amounts, right? Right, and that's so, key, you guys. Right, that, that like, is key. Because, oh, you gotta be rich, no. <laughs> because you, you could have somebody that is a very high earner and is very financially irresponsible. And I- Oh, yeah. Yes, and, and, and actually, I you know, I was married, my first marriage, it was like that. He was a high earner, but he was very financially irresponsible. And so- you know, it costs nothing but stress and chaos. So I'm talking about, you know, adult financial decision-making processes, because that is, you know, it, it's a, it's a reflection of the character in my opinion. No. And it's, it's true. It's um, it's, I've had, as Angela knows, I've, she was coaching me through this, but I, I did date somebody who uh, was a pretty good earner, you know, um, a lot of great qualities, but not financially responsible at all. And it caused so much, I think, unnecessary stress as I'm trying to, you know, really enjoy getting to know this, this wonderful human. And the focal point is the money and the stress and the chaos. And, um, it caused, yeah, it will, it caused the relationship, you know, the, the, the dating relationship not to continue, <laughs> obviously, um, and also it can cause, it can cause trust issues too, um, because it is, like you say, it's tied into integrity. Um, so those are very, very good points. Um, so now the fun, well, this has all been super fun actually, but um, <laughs> oh. for, for my listeners, Angela, can you yeah. 
chat about your ideal client. And I'm assuming with the virtual world that we live in now, location doesn't matter. That That is correct. So my two kind of um, must-haves for a potential client, and usually when I have somebody that is interested in coaching and that reaches out to me, um, you know, the first thing I do is I set up a Zoom, right? A virtual appointment for the two of us. We're really, and, and, and I don't charge for it. It's a completely free, um, consultation and really it's to meet each other and to see if it's a fit. And usually they have a lot of questions because they don't understand, like, how does this work? What do you even do? What does this look like? Right. Um, do we meet, do we like, they've never done it. Right. Um, so they usually have a lot of questions for me as far as like the logistics and things like that. And, you know, my two things that I tell them is, you know, the two criteria I have for clients, um, is number one, are you coachable? Okay. Mm -hmm. Um, because a lot of the dynamics, you know, that I, that I believe in, that I teach a lot of my theories, so to speak, um, you know, are not considered to be part of the cultural norm these days. Okay. They are not the social norm. They are not the cultural norm. And I tell my clients, you know, you really have to be willing to take everything you think, you know, about dating relationships and love and really throw it out the window. Mm -hmm. Like it's going to be hardwired to hold on to, you know, the beliefs that you have and certain ways of looking at things. I am not here to tell anyone how to live their life. Right. Um, you can do that. Um, but it probably won't be a fit necessarily working with me because I'm going to ask you to put all that stuff down right? because really it hasn't been serving you. So yeah. let's just, right. Let's just take the leap of faith and do it different. Right. Um, but you know, I have to make sure they're going to be okay with that and not everyone is, and that's okay. Yeah. Um, and two is, you know, for a potential client for me also, you know, your life can't be crazy chaotic. Right. And again, your life doesn't have to be perfect. We're all works in progress. Um, you know, everyone has stressors and, you know, storms that come in and out of their life. But if you're getting sober, if you're going through a horrible divorce, um, mm -hmm. that's just, you know, costing all this money and stress or, um, you, you know, you, you, you just have majorly emotionally difficult things going on. Um, it's probably not the right time for you because this work requires a lot of emotional investment, right. And you have to have space for it and all of those things. Um, so those are my two things is like, are you coachable and are you, are you in a place in your life where we can work together and have this happen for you? Right. Yeah. And so if, if those two things are a yes, um, on their end, then that is a really good fit for my work. Um, and yeah, I coach people from all over the world, all over time, you know, every time zone. Um, you know, I've only met a very small percentage of my, my clients actually in person. Most of it is, um, we meet through, you know, the virtual world and, you know, phone and texting and, and all of that sort of thing. So yeah, so that's kind of my ideal client. I think that's amazing. I mean, you guys, like I, um, Angela's coached me for two years now and um, has 
helped me in so many ways. I feel like a, a completely different human, which is a good thing. I've learned a lot and I've grown a lot. Um, and you know, I also have a fitness coach that's been my fitness coach for three years and I've seen insane progress in my fitness life, right. And my nutrition life and my physical health. And she's in Australia, right. And we've never met, we've only met over zoom and stuff like that. Um, so really coaching, um, online, it's a beautiful thing. And, you know, the fact that you do coach from around the world, um, the fact that you have your criteria, it only, um, enables the person's success. In addition to that, you know, it gives someone options as far as, you know, um, more flexibility with timing if you're able to coach them online anyway, you know, so that's yeah. a really, really cool thing. Um, so with all that being said, most importantly, can you discuss to the listeners, what is your coaching? Like, what does it look like and what can a potential client expect? Okay. So how I set up my coaching, and again, I always do a free, um, you know, zero pressure consultation. Um, you know, I, I make it a point, you know, never to try and talk anyone into anything at that point. Um, you, you know, as coaching is, it's kind of a unique niche in the sense that coaches want to work with people that are like a absolutely yes, let's yes. do that. <laughs> yep. Like I'm in, I can't wait, let's go. Um, because you want to get them results. Yeah. Right. Like it's not going to be a good use of anyone's time if you have to kind of like drag them into it. Right. So that initial consultation is to one, see if it's a fit, um, answer questions. And if the person is like a, yes, let's do this. I'm in, I can't wait. I'm like, yes, let's go. Let's do it. Right. Yeah. Um, so I have my coaching set up that, you know, clients sign on for, um, three months at a time, okay. right? So they commit to three months mm -hmm. and then after that three months, they commit, you know, if they want another three months, another three months, um, so on and so forth. Typically most of my clients and everyone is different and it depends on your starting point, right? Mm -hmm. So typically most of my clients within six months are in one of the healthiest relationships they've ever experienced. Yes. Um, and we are working through that. That doesn't necessarily mean every time that that person is their person, mm -hmm. but it's, it's typically the healthiest relationship they've ever been in. And, you know, even if they do end up parting ways with that person, the thing about you know, doing this work and dating is like, once you've made that progress and you've experienced this level of compatibility and healthiness with another person, you really don't go back to your no. others. Mm -mm. Like you just keep moving it forward. So even if that isn't their quote person, they're, they're really moving up the ladder in those relationships and they're getting closer and closer. But I'm one of those coaches where it's like, I want you to eventually flee the nest right? Like yeah. I want to teach you what I have to teach you. I want you to meet your person. I want you to get married and live happily ever after, and then just keep me posted. Right. So <laughs> yeah, um, that's why I like to do three months at a time because I'm really trying to kind of get them um, to where they want to be and get them out of the nest, which I think is a little bit of a different like business model um, than let's say traditional therapy. You know what I mean? Yes. Right. Where, um, it can go way more long-term. Yep. 
I really like to see the results happen quickly and, and get my clients to where they want to be. So I found that the, the three month renewal is a really um, helpful tool to kind of like gauge us and all of these things. Um, and so, yeah, that's, that's worked um, really well. And people seem to be really happy with that and they can wrap their heads around three months. I can commit in, to three months. And I tell them also, it takes about three months to really see like a huge impact. And you know this, cause you coach with me, yeah. right? So <laughs> yeah. you see results yeah. in a few weeks, you notice yeah. things start changing, but those first three months, I'm teaching you how to either be in your feminine, if you're a female client or in your masculine, if you're a male client, like I'm kind of teaching you a new language and it takes time to acclimate to it. So mm -hmm. it usually takes about three months until you're really in your feminine and you're really in your masculine and it clicks for you. And like, you've arrived and you have to arrive first in order to operate from that place. Yeah. And it's, um, you know, it's, it's, uh, it kind of also obviously helps in with other attributes as well. Like as you're learning these tools that you're coaching someone on, that person is depending upon their own experiences and where they're, you know, what they've experienced, what they've dealt with, how they're coming across initially. Um, it, you're helping them, you know, raise their self-worth, raise their self-esteem, maybe set standards and boundaries that they've never had in their entire life. I know that, you know, uh, Angela said, she's, you know, you guys, she coaches like three months with a three month option renewal. We've been coaching for two years now. I had a lot of, that's a whole nother topic, but just to kind of summarize real quick, summarize, I, I had a lot of trauma in my past, right? Um, I, I dated the, uh, lower quality man. And what I mean by lower quality, um, it, it was, you know, people that were, uh, uh, projects, not partners. Um, like I said, a, a, someone believed to be a psychopath, you know, abusive. And so I had a lot to unpack. I had to rewire years. I'm talking years of conditioning. Um, you know, and it has improved as you know, I, I um, recently dated someone that, um, was he my person? No. However, did he bring me flowers? You know, it's not a requirement, but did he bring me flowers a lot for no reason other than to say you're awesome or whatever to be kind? Yes. He always opened doors for me. He never raised his voice with me. He always heard me out. Um, he was always polite and kind. And I felt like when we did speak, he um, definitely heard me. So, you know, and I will not go back now that the the bar has been raised, right? Mm -hmm. My my standards are higher. So we're one step closer to the person that I'm looking for. And I did tell Angela, you guys, that, you know, she's going to be invited to my wedding because it's <laughs> going to happen. <laughs> you know? So it's only a matter of when, not if, right? Um, so I really appreciate, you know, your time today. And thank you so much, Angela, for, you know, answering all these phenomenal questions great questions and such great detail. Um, once again, I will link Angela's links, including her Facebook group, you guys, in the show notes on how to contact her. Please be sure to check out the show notes for more resources and links. If you enjoyed the show today, please leave a five-star review and be sure to refer a friend. Um, if you would like to connect with me at the Melissa page on IG for more resources, and I also have life coaching breakthrough sessions um, I specialize in PTSD and breaking toxic habits. 
Um, thank you for your listening and supporting me. And if you're new and would like to receive these um, free resources the minute they come out, please email me at gettingsoulfitpodcast at gmail.com. And I promise to only send you guys the good stuff. Hope you enjoyed today's episode. Check out the show notes for today's details on the show and be sure to share with a friend and subscribe. I really love hearing feedback from you. So please leave a review and let me know what resonated in the comments. Just a reminder, you matter, you are amazing, and you are a warrior.